0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities Podcast, your long-awaited mock draft episode. Uh, With me is my co-host, Reese, today. Reese, how are you doing this week?
1: Yeah, definitely doing good. I feel like the draft, I don't know, the build-up process seems so long, and then you get to April, the month flies by, and you're like, dang, we're really close to it. Yep. Um, So, definitely super exciting. You know, I I don't think free agency, it's definitely important, but I don't think it's as exciting as as the draft and... You know, maybe it's just because I'm really into college football as well, but I think the draft is, even though it's just a bunch of names getting called, it can be something that's really exciting. And I think you just have to be a geeked up football fan to think that, but, you know, it's definitely fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. And with all these uh, great draft experts for the Bears (laughs) on Twitter, uh, it really makes the process a whole lot more enjoyable. Uh, let me give you guys a little hint whoever the Bears take Bears fans on Twitter will be mad um whatever happens Bears fans will be mad uh, so get prepared for that but no I'm just playing uh yeah I see I've always said I wish the draft was like two weeks earlier you know yeah like, I feel like and it was I feel like it just, was
1: like before a couple of years I think they recently pushed it back
0: yeah yeah you're right they did it's just it seems like slightly too much time i think it's like a month and a half after free agency if it was like a month i feel like that'd be perfect um but you know who am i to complain right now this is really the key off season um once we get after the draft it starts to go downhill and that's when we start to talk about some pretty embarrassing topics for the rest of the year um or at least until we get the season going but uh other than that man how how have you been how is how's everything else going got to do a little catching up before we get into the show.
1: Yeah, no, it's been going good. You know, I definitely, you know, life gets busy, but been working on some big things, you know, of course, in, in the personal life. So definitely happily uh, engaged. So, you know, going through the whole wedding planning process, which is is a lot, but, you know, working through that and, uh, yeah, just getting on with, with career things. So, um, yeah. How about yourself, though? How, how's things been for you?
0: yeah and you know again we've always talked about it we get plenty of girls you know sending us messages <laughs> through email you know instagram twitter wherever they want you want especially to through us. the
1: email you wouldn't believe it. yeah
0: <laughs> we have a big uh, aol aim chat that gets pretty saturated with <laughs> women um but in all seriousness uh congrats to i know that It's been a long time coming, and it's something we're super excited about. Of course, all of our listeners are invited to the wedding, so we'll be posting that online. Yes, of course. (laughs) You know, go ahead, show up, as long as you bring a (laughs) present. Um, (laughs) Thank you for putting the word Um, out, yeah. I will put it online, though. I will box it. Um, (laughs) But in all seriousness, yeah, man, I'm super excited. I think we have to start off the show... A little bit just talking about the Bears free agency, the pick, you know, it's been a little bit since we've talked to, you know, all of our listeners. So um, just give me your little synopsis of this whole, you know, offseason thus far.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a good one. Um, it's been fruitful at some positions for sure. I think that there is obviously, you know, maybe a few places of critique from some people. Um in regards to what they have not done yet so far on the offensive line. Um, I do think bringing in Nate Davis as a guard, I think that was a very solid pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a big fan of that move, and I think that will definitely help. Um, and I think that that move kind of signals a little bit what um, you know, we'll reflect upon in our mock draft a little later on as far as um, I've talked about versatility along the offensive line and how that's something that Poles has, has shot for. Um, and I, I think really it's just about getting deeper uh along a lot of positions and getting some people that can, you know, maybe help fill the gaps when things move on in the season that uh you know, not that Nate Davis is gonna be Nate Davis is gonna be starting, but you know, moving forward, getting people at certain positions that can you know, maybe they can play guard and center or certain things like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I I think that it's been definitely good like in the linebacking core, I, how can you complain about, you know, Tremaine Ed- Edmonds, um Blanking on the player from the Eagles, unfortunately. TJ Edwards. Exactly. I think those two pickups, TJ Edwards is a great um, got him at a great price as well, or at least for that contract and the cap hit. Um, and then Tremaine Edmonds, something that you had called out. I don't know if that pod ever – got put up online i'm not 100 sure
0: which tends to be a trend with this
1: podcast yeah
0: not that any of our listeners would know
1: right exactly um so you're gonna have to put your good faith in us that uh, austin had kind of called that move out <laughs> scoped it out <laughs> a little bit um, so believe it if you will, uh, but yeah, I, I do. We also
0: called the Bears trade with the Panthers line by line, you know. <laughs> right? We we said DJ Moore, we said the t-
1: <laughs> we broke it Obviously about can't. a month before it even happened. No, but uh, <laughs> in all seriousness. Um, I do like the moves that they've done for the most part Um, and, you know, definitely the trade um, which we definitely did a podcast about that Uh, and the emergency podcast for trading the first overall pick. I do. I mean, just getting DJ Moore in that trade um, was huge already gives the bears a lot of flexibility of what they can do in the draft. They don't have to target um, a wide receiver with a very high pick uh, now that they really have three. uh, I mean, solid would be a bit of an understatement at this point because i do think uh, DJ Moore is is definitely a very top flight receiver in this league. And then you add in Chase Claypool, and also what we've already seen in Darnell Mooney. Of course, he has to come back healthy. Um, but I think that that's really kind of put the icing on the cake at that position. Um, and now there's still a lot of work to be done specifically in the trenches. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think the impressions are good. And I think at least reasonably, or at least knowing what we know about uh, – Ryan polls so far is that he wasn't going to look to fill all the gaps or, or put too much money into this particular season. Uh, I think with that in mind, it's been been productive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like uh, just in general, what I thought was so interesting about this Bears off season uh, compared to previous ones. And this is really the first, I would say, like full offseason that Ryan pulls or like active offseason that he's been able to have. Right. Um, you know, I like to whenever I see a Bears signing, one of the things I actually like to do is go on Twitter, or Instagram and check out how the other teams who that player was coming from, how their fans kind of react to it. I think it gives in general a fairly good you know, sentiment for some of these players that you know you know about, but maybe don't know you know the full intricacies or you know. I, I'm gonna be honest; I wasn't watching a lot of Demarcus Walker film right. uh, going yep. into this off season. Uh, players like that, and in general, I have to say that the sentiment was like super, like whenever the Bears signed a player from the team, they're like, "Come on, dude! Like, like what are we doing? We should have signed this guy." And that was sp- very specific for. Nate Davis was someone that I saw that, like a lot on Titans, you know, Twitter or whatever. And then also DeMarcus Walker, who to be honest, I I think DeMarcus I, I would I struggle right now to believe that he'll live up to his contract that he got. That being said, it's a contract you can get out of pretty easily after 1 year. Um still, I think they're both great signings. You know, on uh, Andrew Billings was someone that Raiders fans were really upset about losing. Um you know, and I, I for some reason, I find that that kind of like sentiment view typically works fairly well, which is surprising um, considering how reactive fans can be at times. Definitely. Like one player I remember that I, I after the Bears signed um, the opposing fans were like good riddance to is uh, Buster Skrine when we signed him from <laughs> the Jets. Jets fans were like you will hate him you will absolutely hate him in a, the, a period of about a couple months and that ended up being the case for you know I think even Bears fans were a little over you know dramatic with Scrine like not liking him
1: he, but yeah he wasn't I it, don't think he was as bad as he was made out to be he was no no he was serviceable
0: and yeah. but like he did get a, a sizable contract so I understand that um and, you know, I think that this this is one of the few off-seasons where I think that, like, the Bears were signing players that other teams were legitimately, like, their fans were kind of upset that the, their own team wasn't signing, um, which I just find kind of interesting there. Um, as far as the the uh, trade with the Panthers, you know, obviously the Bears hit the jackpot by even getting that pick to begin with. Like, I think where the Bears are picking right now at 9 is honestly probably closer to like how bad of a team they actually were. You know, I don't view this Bears team last year with how good the offense was at times and just all this this, you know, the flashes in the pan we saw. I don't I don't view that team being anywhere close to a number 1 overall pick. I view them more as like, you know, if you would have told me that like if it was reversed where the Panthers had the number one overall pick and the bears had the number nine overall pick, like going into this offseason, I would say that makes sense last year. Right. I would say that that would hundred yeah, percent make sense.
1: I think with the bears, like there was a few games that are definitely like bounce a ball games, you know, which like those are when, especially when you're looking forward to the next season, you know, you have to take into account some of the games that were one score games, you know? And I think that's where like a lot of the criticisms for the Vikings came Right. And why Mason some people definitely expect a little bit of a regression from them is, you know, mm-hmm. they won a lot of their one score games. And sometimes when you end up on the wrong side of of it, um, you can kind of maybe estimate that you'll get a couple more the next year. Um, but of course, you know, football is football. So that bounce of the ball, those type of just random situations that happen definitely impact the game. Um, I, I think the Bears were. I think they were definitely bad. I think they over maybe played for some of the talent that they actually had last year. Um, but there's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, think even what we,
0: yeah. Oh, Oh, I see. I see I'm saying mean, like overplayed. they okay, kind of
1: out, oh, like played like over their heads, maybe a little bit. Right. Is that the techni- technical way to say that term?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. I, yeah. No, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. Like I, and like just like some final thoughts on this Panthers trade getting DJ Moore, young player, fantastic contract. Like that's one of the other things like it wouldn't surprise me if they have to renegotiate that contract next year or even this off season um, because that contract he's getting massively underpaid compared yeah. to what some he's getting paid about the same as what Christian Kirk is getting paid. Um actually less than. Uh, yeah, less. Than. And uh, and he's a significantly better player. Um so yeah, like that's huge to begin with my one critique of the, and like getting the first round picks, getting it with the Panthers, I think are good. Even though I think the Panthers do have some upside next year. And unfortunately they could easily win their division, which would be worst case scenario for the bears next year. We want them to like really, you know, if they screw up this pick, they can easily lose the division. But um, yeah, we we definitely don't want them winning their division next year, which is on the table. Um, I would say like, Overall, I think it's pretty fair to say that the Bears come out like on top as far as a value wise. But I'll continue to say this for the Panthers: if they get their quarterback, then nothing's too much. And that was the sentiment that I echoed with Justin Fields when the Bears drafted him. I think the real key issue is that they just didn't draft Justin Fields in 2021. Like that's like that's what stemmed this whole issue to begin with. Like they set themselves back. A couple years and going to be even more years as they need to develop a player and i think they're going to be drafting a player i think all i mean ryan poles pretty much posted you know on a billboard none of these guys are as good as justin fields i mean like or we would have taken one and ryan poles was kind of clear with that that if he thought one of these guys would be better than justin fields then we would take a quarterback but clearly with how early we traded the pick he did not feel that way um you know and like it's funny how else this is. I I really want us to do a video pretty soon, on reviewing all the teams that passed on Justin Fields and like some of the major miscues that went in after that. And the two teams I'm looking at specifically, the Panthers, who had to end up giving the Bears all this money for this pick, right? And yeah. then the other team, who I think is even more egregious, is the Broncos, who <laughs> ha, who traded for Russell Wilson two first round picks just to have a a tear awful season and be stuck in one of the worst contracts i mean it's just egregious (laughs) that like that i would say for the broncos it's even worse um but again like you can't if as a panthers fan you can't cry over spilled milk i i'm not very confident in their gm if i'm being completely honest even though i know who's that one guy we send on we send each other on twitter all the time there's this one panthers uh, "Quote unquote" beat reporter, as they like to call oh. themselves, that literally cannot stop talking about how good the Panthers GM is and how they fleece <laughs> the Bears. It's, it's, I'm, it's I'm blanking on it,
1: I. But yeah, I know exactly who you're referencing.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll find it in the show at some point. But yeah, man. I, overall, I'm I'm very pleased with the off season. I don't think every one of these free agency signings will live exactly up to their contract, but i i think ryan poles he played it right he he focused on need a little bit but he didn't let need overwhelm i guess his strategy
1: yeah no i i think that's a good way to put it um and yeah i I just think he's very resistant to just taking on a bad contract you know like even if the need is there like it's clear that even if the need is there Mm -hmm. like they have a price that they that they want, and you know they have a threshold. And once it gets above that, they're just out. You know that's kind of how it's working. Like
0: McGlinchy yeah, like Mike McGlinchey, who the Bears were rumored to be signing, and exactly he ended up going to the Broncos for what might be a worse contract than what their quarterback's on. <laughs> um, that was
1: a wild contract for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a crazy contract, um, and and that's one of the where we're talking about the fan sentiment, like reviewing over the fan sentiment um that was one where 49ers fans were not upset at all <laughs> when he got that contract um so it's kind of interesting um all right yeah and oh and one of my favorite signings I forgot to mention two of my favorite signings are actually later signings that we had Dante Foreman and uh Robert Tanyan two yeah. just a, like crazy good values
1: yeah Tanyan like he's had a little bit of a drop-off but I think that it was definitely a good value for him. I'm just curious to see kind of what level of play he comes out with. I I still have good hopes though, you know, and I think that it's definitely an upgrade Mm -hmm. um, from where they were at last season. Um, But, you know, it's not, I don't think, what was the year he had a crazy good year? Was it like 2020 or something? Oh
0: yeah. He had like a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns or something like that. Something, maybe not a thousand yards, but yeah, something uh,
1: very high production. Um, And then I would like the Packers best player that year. Yeah and Foreman, I think was definitely a great pickup. Um, and especially to like, it just, it seemed logical after what happened with Montgomery. Um, and you're able to find someone, it's not as a matter of just replacing David Montgomery, um, but adding someone to the, to the running back room with some different skill sets to Khalil Herbert. Um, and yeah, I, I think that he's a very efficient runner, has a, a good average and, you know, falls forward usually is good at, um, breaking first contact and you know just you know I'm not going to go over and say that he's some elite running back um, but he certainly has upside and played real well for the Panthers last year and let let me
0: say this I I, like this is just and whether you want to say he's going to be better next season than David Montgomery or not I think it's objective to say he had a better season last year than David Montgomery he had over the amount of yards that David Montgomery had in like half the game started
1: yeah,
0: he he started nine games and had almost a thousand yards. I mean, that's ludicrous numbers. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And with Montgomery, it, it does suck to see him go because I think he was definitely well liked in the in the locker room. Of course, they had like, you know, that Justin Fields and him moment in the locker room, right, where they like, where they give each other a hug. And I was forgot exactly what they said. but It was like after the last game, you know, they had that that special mm-hmm. moment. And he's definitely a leader in the locker room for sure. Um, and someone that kind of bridged over, it kind of feels like two different eras moving forks just such different chains from the, the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy era to this Polls and Ibrafus era and someone that bridged that gap over. Um, but at the same time, um, sometimes the production was a little bit underwhelming for Montgomery. He did a lot mm-hmm. of things that didn't show up on the stat book for sure. Great pass blocker, uh, which, you know, the bears desperately needed in some instances, So it's sad to see him go, but at the same time, he is definitely not irreplaceable or, you know, to put it in better words, like I hate saying like replaceable with players because every player is different and it's just a matter of finding the player and extracting their skill set in the proper way. So I think with Foreman, with the skill set that he has, like you said, he could even exceed production that, you know, maybe we'd expect from Montgomery. Um, But I think really it's just a matter of also having – different features in a running back that complements someone like Cleo Herbert as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that like at the end of the day, the bears had the most cap like cap in the NFL by far and still do by far. Um, and David Montgomery got a 7 million a year contract for three years, which is a very reasonable contract, fair contract for a player like him, in my opinion. Um, I, I just don't think the Bears really were interested in keeping him around outside of him being a locker, locker room guy. And I think what's sad about David Montgomery is he never actually really experienced success with the Bears. And like it reminds me a little bit of Jordan Howard. Of course, Jordan Howard was on the 2018 team, but he was kind of the identity of um, a team that was just underperforming. And like as a new era got issued, issued in, he ended up getting pushed out. And, and and now, you know, David Montgomery, for as good of a player he is, I, I think that we've been on this, like, since Khalil Herbert got drafted. Like, not since he got drafted, but since Khalil Herbert really got meaningful snaps. Like, every time Montgomery was out there, almost every time, I just kind of wished it was Herbert, to be honest. Like, and some of the Bears, I would say the Bears' most prolific running games that they've had were all on the back of Khalil Herbert. He's just more explosive and I he handles contact well too like that's the other thing is like I don't even know if David David Montgomery definitely had like a lot of force missed tackles things like that but at times I felt like he he just it's it was pretty clear he's not necessarily fast enough for yeah, the scheme Yeah it was just you hate um, to
1: say it but he's just like slow <laughs> you know Yeah like that's the he reality is. Of and
0: it. he's he's talented don't get me wrong and he was a great actually a great pass catcher Um, But I just think that like we're going to get the same product out of Foreman as we would have Montgomery. And then this gives us an opportunity rather than giving uh, Montgomery that contract. This gives us an opportunity to look for maybe a more long term solution, which they could even look at as soon as maybe the second round or maybe even the first round of the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, no, most definitely. So, yeah, definitely appreciate you bringing up those players as well that kind of glossed over. Um, Because there were certainly a lot of signings that did happen. I think that just not a lot of them were those huge keystone or jump-off-the-page signings. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're easy to overlook. But at the same time, you know, I I think that it's about measuring and and keeping – uh, those cap numbers in check, uh, like you said, Bears are still sitting with the most cap. It would have been real easy to go out and, and spend it all down and, you know, uh, dominate free agency, just pick up all the guys that would technically be expected to be the best at that position. But, you know, they're making a conscious decision to, to go deeper than that. So I think with that in mind and with the number of picks they have in this draft, I think that It still leads to a very fun offseason. I don't expect this team to be in a place even after the draft where, you know, really don't see the Bears winning 10 plus games. I think they'll still be in that seven to nine range. Personally, I do think there is a shot if things in the draft fall well to, to end up making this a wild card team. And there's still a lot before we even get into this. There's a lot. That comes on even after the draft of course training camp cuts you know undrafted free agents all those people do make a difference um, but you know I, I think that Polls has accepted to a certain extent and not that he doesn't want to win games but I think he has a realistic vision um, and sometimes you have to to respect that even though it moves a little slower than maybe you'd like.
0: He wants sustained success I mean that's what, he, that's what he desires. I don't think Ryan Poles will... He's going to be aggressive. Ryan Poles has proven to be an aggressive GM, but he's not going to be needlessly aggressive, I would say. One of the players I also just want to mention before we get into this mock draft, which I think that's the first time we've mentioned that this is going to be a mock draft episode, so hopefully all <laughs> of you listen to the... Hopefully all of you listen to the... <laughs> hopefully all of you listened to or read the actual title of the podcast because this will be a mock draft, but Rasheed Green... Oh my God. I think he might end up being our best pass rusher next year. I mean, he is a very, very talented player and someone who I feel like has never been truly utilized to his max potential has gotten better almost every single season since he's been in the NFL, but jumped around a little bit. Um, also I am biased cause I'm a huge USC fan, but I, you know, I just think he, he very well could lead our team. in as far as like, maybe even sacks next year. Um, so I'm super high on that one. I think I'm higher on him than DeMarcus Walker, to be honest. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, man, should we go ahead and get into the mock draft?
1: Yeah, we definitely can. Yep. I'm good for it. I think that uh, let's get her rolling. All right. So I, I say
0: we do it in a uh, dueling pick style. So we'll go round by round. Cause I, I do have a trade in mind. You don't have any trades in yours um so we'll go round one we'll read off all the picks round two we'll read off all the picks and so on
1: going okay? uh, So why don't you it, go ahead is it Mel Kuiper or Todd McShay that like for the longest time would never put any trades in their mock drafts I forgot who that
0: I think it's uh I think it's actually like I think it's Todd McShay I could could be wrong I just I no, know one of them holds uh, a really hard and fast I know <laughs> <laughs> I know because he says it's all hypothetical yeah like making a mock draft to begin with is extremely hypothetical. No, it's a science. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a science. Yeah. And also like, how did you, before we, we do start before you start, how did you like approach this? Like, are you saying what you think the bears will do or like what you would do?
1: That's a good point. Uh, I'd say a little bit of both. I know you'd probably like a, a one way answer there. Um, a lot of these, like, okay. If I were picking players myself, like, these are players that I do ultimately believe in. Um, Of course, it's some of it's circumstantial, and there's players that I would prefer, (laughs) of course, as anyone would do. Like, you know, Mm. the way that I picked it isn't just like, this is my big board and I picked right in order of it, of course, because that's the whole point of a mock draft. Um, But, yeah, I, I think that the way I like to do it, I'd say players that I like and also do like to incorporate how I think, you know, even if they're not exact system fit, you know, I do try to incorporate that line of thinking a little bit into how they would fit into the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and just don't try to pick blindly as far as, Oh, he's really talented.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the same way I'd say. Like I, I tried to balance it where it's like, these are players that I like, but I'm also keeping in mind, like what I think the regime would do. Right. Um. All right. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with your first pick?
1: Yeah. So, Of course, no trades in mind, so I do have the Bears picking round one, pick nine. Um, You know, unfortunately, Paris Johnson did go pick eight, uh, and this decision was really ultimately between this player and Peter Skaronsky, with how things had shaken up on the board or the prior picks before. But We did end up going with offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Do not think that he's absolutely... Uh, someone that I'm over the moon with, I would say that this is probably the pick that I'm a little bit, probably the most meh that I'm about about any of my picks in this draft. At the same time, though, when it, once I sat back and thought about it, I do think that I wouldn't be upset with Peter Skronsky at this pick. And this is kind of why. And I think it's ultimately because how we both felt, if our listeners go back to our last year's mock draft um I think either both of us or I know I did, uh, but included Zach Tom in our mock drafts, which of course mm-hmm. was a lot lower, more of a mid round kind of projected pick, um, the way that we had seen him. Um uh, but at the same time, I think what I had said about our free agency just earlier prior to um getting into the mock draft about versatility along the offensive line, ultimately at round one pick nine, if he ends up being a tackle or a guard which I know that's kind of the whole big debate about, like it doesn't matter to me. Um, And I know people are like, okay, you know, then where does Tevin Jenkins fit in? It's about like upgrading, you know, if um, Skronsky were to come in and they end up figuring out that he's a guard and he plays better than Tevin Jenkins, like that's Tevin Jenkins' problem. You know, (laughs) I I think that you Mm -hmm. do look to go ahead and upgrade the offensive line. Um, If Paris Johnson was available, I would have picked him over Peter Skronsky because I do think that he's more, at least projects better for me at that position of tackle. Um, but at the same time, I think Skronsky is a quality offensive lineman, whatever way you cut it. Um, and you're going to find a place for him along the line, you know, kind of just like how the Bears did with Kyle Long his whole career and actually kind of messed it up. But, um, you know, you find a place to put him.
0: Yeah, and I think that, like, between Skoronsky and Tevin Jenkins, they would be able to find a fit for one of them to play tackle you know, right tackle, because they both have experience. Tevin Jenkins wants to play tackle. Um, I, I think that Skronsky, if he was going to outplay anyone, would probably outplay Nate Davis, probably, That's over uh, Jenkins. But, yeah, I you know, I just – Skronsky, I feel like he's and, – and he's the best technically. Like, by far, I would say, out of any of these guys, he's the best technically. I do worry about the arm length, but at the same time, measurables to me, I'm a little – I'm just iffy on it, you know, Yeah. like I, like he, everything that he's proven so far is that he can play, you know, left tackle against some of the, you know, really good players he played against in the big 10 and he's been extremely good at it. Um, Playing right tackle would be, you know, a step back for him. And I think that there is a lot of reason to believe that he could play right tackle. Someone that kind of had the same MO as him was Brian Balaga, and he brian belaga was a great tackle uh right tackle in the nfl and i think that skaranski has an even higher ceiling than belaga to be honest um and like if he does end up a guard i think he'd be a pretty i think he'd be a, he's a pro bowl caliber guard yeah. and like okay so then you have tevin jenkins who we think is pro bowl caliber and then we have skaranski's pro bowl caliber my only issue is then like that right tackle spot is just still such a need and maybe you go in a free agency and try to fill it but like in general i am worried about that but at the same time i'm against picking um out of need uh, it, yeah i i just think this would be like Skr- picking Skronsky at 9 if you're Ryan Poles that would be like the safe you know it's it's you a- know hitting a single you know no, you're not yeah. going for the home run you're just looking for the the pick that you know is going to pan out one way or another
1: and we had talked about it a little bit before we started recording like the pick 9 is a little bit of an awkward position in this draft, you know, I feel like, Oh it, yeah. At least with it, the honestly. players that we expect to be off the board, um, which in my mock draft were of course, like the Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilsons that we'd love to see um come in for the bears, or at least me personally, I don't know. Everyone not everyone might agree on the Jalen Carter, but you know, with that caliber of player off the board, Will Anderson of course expected to be off the board, like it's a little bit awkward and I know you know there's a couple other good tackle options out there. I think Broderick Jones I I am a fan of him. I do think that you know in Georgia the tape that he gave us is definitely very run focused because well they had a dominant offensive line, a good amount of running. I think in pass protection he still has a little bit of ability to improve. Um and then of course Darnell Wright has proven to be a very good candidate. I just think at 9 to me that's a little too high to be taken. It's a reach. Right. It's a rage. So if you're trading yeah. back and taking right, I think that's an excellent pick. Um, and, you know, maybe like ultimately, I I do think that right is a first round talent, so you shouldn't feel terrible, but it just feels a little awkward in the top 10. Um, but it is what it is. I, I think they do have options. And, uh, you know, obviously, I don't think there's a lot of bad picks that they can make unless they do kind of a crazy, drastic reach on, on someone that they don't need to be taking that high
0: john michael schmitz at nine. Oh man <laughs> um you know i the, th- the reason why i hate the nine position is i feel like there's a lot of teams that would love drafting at nine because there's going to be some damn good players bit available you know we were talking about the corners before the show uh witherspoon it might be there gonzalez might be there at worst joey porter jr is going to be there who in my yeah. opinion is worthy of a top 10 pick um and then you have Bijan robinson who might just be the best player in this entire draft uh right there he as was, avail- as he was available on online
1: to be clear too i could have taken him he will
0: be yeah he'll be available at the bears pick i'm almost certain unless there's a trade-up for some reason um you could potentially reach on I would probably be a slight reach on jackson smith and jigba i mean he's a damn good wide receiver obviously has his limitations prop maybe being potentially limited to the slot but I I don't even necessarily believe that. I think that that's been overplayed. He kind of played the slot because he's the only one at Ohio State that kind of made logical sense to put in the slot. And like a, a player that's very similar to this, Justin Jefferson almost played entirely out of the slot when he was at LSU. So like I I just I I'm not super like I would be okay with that. And there's players that I'm okay with, and like they're probably better players than. Skaranski, they are like at their individual positions, better players than Skaranski and much better players than like Miles Murphy or someone else that they might get an edge. Um, but you just like, are these really positions that Bears should be putting a top 10 pick into? You know, I'm not as opposed to some of these options. Like I floated out the idea of Bijan John Robinson or Jackson Smith Najigba. I'm sometimes I'm like, just okay with just like, go get the best player. You know, I like, sometimes I feel like being a draft analyst, you know, quote unquote draft analyst, right. I I think that terms floated around. And if some of these people (laughs) I see on Twitter are draft analysts, we're definitely draft analysts. So I'll, I'll say that. Um, but being a draft analyst, like sometimes there's just like, things are overthought. And that's what yeah, happened with oh, like 100%. drafting Justin Fields, you know, and I'm just like, sometimes you just go and get the best player and worry about, you know, if you get Bijan Robinson and he's a top, you know, running back for the next seven, six, seven years, even if he doesn't go that well into a second contract, it's a win in my opinion. Like, I think that would be, still be a huge win, um, but um, that's not who I'm drafting. So don't worry. I actually traded down because I do want to consider positional value here actually traded down with the Steelers which is something that was talked about a little bit earlier this week yeah. all the way down to 17 um and got back our first our second round pick that we sent to them which i think is fair value considering um the bears like as far as trade references go we gave up a first round pick to move up from 21 to 11 so they'd be giving up a high second round pick going from uh, 17 to nine, which is eight slots. So I think that's completely fair. I think the, the, um, Steelers could be going after a And I think that makes sense for them uh, a lot more sense for them than it would the bears in my opinion, um, or another wide receiver potentially like there, there's a lot of options they could have on their board. Um, and the, I have the bears picking Brad, Eric Jones, um, looking at the tackles Skoransky, I think is just the best. Technically you worry about the traits, potentially Skoransky. And here's my comp and another player that I actually really like in this draft, Nolan Smith. It's like, he's such a good player, but you just worry about the measurables, you know, like everything on film is like good and like good to a T, but you're just not sure. And especially with the scheme fit too, of what the bears are trying to operate with, you know, like the bears want more athletic tackles. Yeah. Um, they want bigger defensive ends. So I think they're kind of like similar in that way. But um, as far as like the tackles, Paris Johnson Jr. I think is going to be like the like only for sure successful tackle from this class in the sense that he's big. All right. He's pretty athletic. He's pretty good technically. He's balanced. He reminds me of Andrew Thomas a lot that the Giants have. Um, and I think he's going to be good. Yeah. But if there's one tackle here that I think could be spectacular, it's Brad Derrick Jones. And I think he truly is going to potentially be, if you can, if he can develop, which the bears have done a pretty good job developing their offensive linemen. you know, as we saw with Braxton Jones, I think he could be like a top tackle in the NFL.
1: It could be a home run pick. Like what I had said is I, I think that, you know, he needs some work on his pass protection, but Man, even he in, does. Run, That's in run in run and bo- run blocking already, he's fantastic. He has the ability to get way outside of the tackle box and you know pull even from the tackle position. I mean, it's it's crazy, and he can get outside, like especially on like a uh, man. I forgot the specific play that they always show for him. Um, I think it might have been in the SEC championship game. Uh, but anyway, moving on from that, I, I do think with Paris Johnson, the one place where I do see like it potentially being an issue. I think that there's like you said, like I think there's not a doubt in my mind that he'll be a starting tackle. I'm not sure if he'll be an elite tackle cause he can get beat yeah. quick with his hands. We've seen it multiple times yeah. and like yeah. he and CJ Stroud got sacked because of it. Like he was not someone that, you know, was unbeatable uh, to get around, which you know, at the college level, it can be tough, but like you said, he played tough competition in the big 10 and, you know, he got beat occasionally Uh, most of the time he was pretty dominant, but you know, sometimes with his handwork can be a little sloppy. I also just think like, as far as a fit
0: for the bears, I think Brad Derrick is probably the best just because he like exactly what you're saying. He gets outside, like he's able to get downfield with his blocking. He's already a great run blocker, which is huge for the bears points of emphasis right now yeah. and like has the body to just like, and like athleticism to develop into a much better player. And I think the number one thing that they're going to look at is mentality. Like he is a mauler. Like he, he wants to put his guys into the ground, which is not something I necessarily see out of Paris Johnson jr. To be honest.
1: Yeah. I hear you.
0: So yeah, that was, that was my first round pick. Um It wouldn't even shock me if they went with him at nine. Like, if they went with him at nine, it might be a slight reach. But, hey, I still think he very well could be the best tackle in this class when it's all said and done.
1: Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, definitely what you said, I agree with. And I think because of your trade, logically, you should go next because you are technically having the next most recent pick. Okay. Yeah.
0: And this might be a slight reach on this one, but so do you want me to go through? I'll go through all the, you know, I'll just start off with my first, second round pick, and then I'll pass to you for your first, second okay. round pick. Okay. Yeah. All right. So round two, pick one. You're going to like this one, Reese. Defensive tackle, Mozzie Smith. Yeah. That's from Michigan.
1: Pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I,
0: I. I. He's like a potential first rounder. I don't know. That might be a slight reach, but at that pick, you get him in the second round. I, I just feel like that's a home run pick, and it's a safe pick. It, that's like the that's like the double that I was just talking about. Like it's just a logical pick, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think you know people discount he can play three tuck. Um, also, though, too can just play just a great one tuck. I mean, the man is just a legit run stuffer. Um Has the ability to get to the quarterback too, but it's you know, I think he's elite in his ability to stop the run. I mean, he just, he's really good at just shifting over on the block and just clogging the hole. Um, and there's just so many runs that you watch on tape where it's one yard, half yard, cause he was just able to so quickly just lean his weight off the block. Um, definitely really enjoyed watching Mozzie Smith play. Um, yeah, for the people that, Aren't familiar. I'm definitely a big Michigan fan. So that's why I would love the pick, but I think he's also a great player. Um, And yeah, like you said, maybe a slight reach. I think he's right kind of in that borderline period. He could go late first round to a team that's really motivated, um, but I don't see him going too much further down, like the mid second round. I don't think he's escaping the second round. There's no chance of that, I don't think. I think he's better than uh, Kalaja Kansi. I think he's. Kilijah Cansey is good. It's just I, I think that, and some of it's like school wise. People really like to think that you know just because he's so athletic, you know he could really just be that exception to the rule, just like Aaron Donald was. Um, he played. He has some really great moments on tape. I think it's all about putting it together consistently for him, and also the, the just overall size. I mean, he's not overall huge guy. Um, I mean, he he ran a incredible forty at the. At the combine, and that's what really kind of just put him on the map, and that's what also what scares me a little bit.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, and the other
0: the other player I considered here was Keanu Benton, who I think is going to be freaking I like awesome Keanu too. Keanu Benton, that, but, that's a great pick. But Mazi, to me, his pro- people like to say that he wasn't productive, and I guess you can say that in terms of like finishing, he wasn't always productive. But if you just look at the numbers, it does not tell the story with, like, the absolute just disruption and pain in the ass he was for opposing teams when he was at Michigan.
1: Yeah. No, he was. And, like, there's so many players that are like that, right, where it doesn't all show up on tape. And sometimes or it doesn't all show up on the stat sheet. My bad. It doesn't all show up on the stat sheet. But, you know, sometimes those are the players that once they get to the NFL, they, like, like you said, I, the biggest critique of Mozzie Smith is a lot of times he got to the quarterback, maybe got a hand on him and didn't bring down the quarterback. He got some sacks, but definitely got a lot more pressures. Um, and, you know, works on that, works on the finishing. And, you know, there you go. He's going to rack up even sacks at the defensive tackle position. And, yeah, he's just a scary player overall. Um, Day one starter. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. The The defensive line is, certainly needs a lot of help, and he's someone that, yeah, I don't think there's any debate over that. All right, what's your pick? So this one, first off, I'd be shocked if he's available at this point. Well, maybe not shocked, but it was kind of like my next two picks in, in the second round were kind of players that um, – and, of course, actually we should have mentioned which site we used for our, our mock draft, by the way. Um,
0: yeah, we, we both used Fanspeak, which – in my opinion it is the best. I, I've always thought it's the best. It's a little, you go on it. It's, it's not the most, they need to hire a graphic designer, but <laughs> as far as accuracy, in my opinion, and like, like versatility, I think it's the best.
1: Yeah. I don't remember exact the exact big board, um, that I had used, um, unfortunately, but it does give you the option to pick different big boards so that can ultimately yeah. affect your outcome. Uh, so definitely something to keep in mind. But. Uh, it also that, allows
0: you to random My favorite feature of it is it and I use this. It allows you to randomly um allow each team to randomly select a big board. So it adds like variety in the way that teams pick. Yeah, I don't know if you use that nice. function Reese, but I, I love that function.
1: Don't think I use that in particular. So I think I worked all off the same big board, so mm-hmm. definitely has an effect. Um, but at round 2, pick 22, John Michael Schmitz, which I figured at this at that at that position, I think that's a little bit of a no brainer. And oh yeah. I, I love the centers in this class. Like I, you don't have to pick a center in the second round. I think John Michael Schmidt is or Schmidt's legit. Um, he has the ability to move on to the second level. Had a really great senior bowl. I think that's what really what caught a lot of people's attention. But you know, people that were in on it already knew beforehand. Um obviously great at run blocking big part of the offense at minnesota um but yeah this was kind of a no-brainer pick for me but definitely centers you can get later um i know another michigan player olu Aluatimi, um is definitely solid yeah. um Stunt. man there's so many to even go over in this class i mean you got the center from yeah. uh, arkansas i'm blanking on him stromberg yeah tipman Hugh
0: scruggs from penn state tipman luke wepler like the centers in this class are stacked and I think that would be like some people's critique of this pick is like oh why don't you just go get a center John Michael Schmitz is a really good center and he's like one of the ones that like I would be astounded if he didn't work out like he's just to me a day one starter and I think this is actually the range he's going to go in like some people underrate and overrate like where centers will go in the draft really frequently i think that the top center unless you have like a really really good prospect the top center tends to go around late round two um, typically now that's not the norm i mean we saw um geez what was iowa center's last name um, last year i'm blanking on his name but he went late first oh my god the ravens i feel so um, stupid <laughs> i know exactly mid- mid- who it is yeah. too mid you tend to see them go mid to and it's also kind of a shot in the dark cuz i thought creed humphreys would go way higher than he went uh, I remember we were banging on the table for the bears to draft creed humphreys and right. you know in i think john michael schmitz is maybe mm, This may be a little bit controversial. I don't think he's quite the prospect that Humphreys is. I think he's still like really damn good and like definitely worthy of a second round pick. But I think he'll he'll probably go mid to late second round, to be honest, which at that point is like a home run. Also, I forgot what fool you sent me on Twitter, what Bears draft analyst you sent me on Twitter this week that said the value of a center is not high. Like you have to be so brain dead to think that <laughs> the value of a center is not high in the NFL when it is, in my opinion, like outside of left tackle, probably the most important position on your entire offensive line. Like it is having, a, when you have a horrible center, it's impossible to have a good offensive line. You could like, I would actually say it's more damaging to have a horrible center than like a horrible left tackle, because when you have a horrible center, the pressure just gets to the quarterback immediately. And then it yeah. throws off like, Oh, you need it. You can't really like double team a center. And then they can stunt through the center. Like it's such an absolute mess. So yeah, centers are really freaking valuable. Are they like, like the, the thing is it's easier to get a good center than it is like a left tackle, which is why you see them fall. But like, You need a damn good center.
1: Right. And that, yeah, getting John Michael Schmitz is definitely a great opportunity to get that. Um, But yeah, uh, honestly, too, I want to make like the comment, too. I love like this draft. Honestly, I've seen some people say that this is a weak draft. I think that not at every position, but there's some positions that are just unbelievably loaded in this draft with talent. Oh, yeah. Um, Tight end is ridiculous. Running back is ridiculous edge rushers. Like, honestly, there's 8 billion yeah. of them. centers. Um, so there's a lot of ability to go out there and get some high quality players really late at certain rounds for certain positions. Um, I think it also too, this draft gets a little undervalued because, and I think I expect it to be this way. I, I think other people would agree. I expect like next year's draft to be like generational at a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think that might be quite the reason why, but yeah, I definitely would like that pick. I would have no problem if the bears ended up picking, um, John Michael Schmitz with the 22nd pick in the second round. I agree. And just on top of that, I think that this draft, I think the only
0: critique you can have is that it might not be like, once you get from like after pick, like five or six down to pick like 15, the talent difference is not. Huge, like there is definitely a fall off in the first round, but once you get into the second round, man, like this, this is a deep draft. It's, it might not have like in certain positions like the top heaviness of like, ser- like other drafts, but like, like for instance, like there's a there's two good edge rushers, but I think there's like, you know, the others are like eh, they're they're good, but they're not great, but like um once you get into the second round and then you're like oh there's like a will mcdonald on the table that's in the second round a guy that would probably go in the first round in a lot of other drafts like people like that like i think that's pretty crazy but my round two pick 22 i went i know you're you might not be happy with this pickeries i'm a fan edge isaiah foskey from notre dame um yeah i i like foskey like i think he's prototypical in his build for like a successful edge rusher um you know, he got a ton of attention from opposing teams because Notre Dame doesn't really have the best, you know, defensive line. I'd say, um, there was a couple other players that I really considered here. Um, you know, one of them being, uh, Felix, a Uzama, who I've been a huge fan of since like the beginning of last football season, he went slightly before my pick. So like, I think I'd probably pick him over Foskey. Like he's one of my draft crushes. Yeah. Um, but Fosky, I just, I find it hard to, like, I don't, I find it hard to see a world where Fosky isn't at least like a, a capable starting edge rusher in the NFL.
1: Yeah. No, uh, and I think that i where I saw him on some mock drafts, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I think that he certainly has the potential. Um, I, I just, I'd seen people giving him, I don't know. And, and maybe it was just kind of outliers that I did see, but I saw, you know, kind of a later first round grade on him, which I wasn't Yeah, that'd be too high. Wouldn't wasn't over the moon about, but I, I do like him. Yeah, I have no problem. Um and I think there's a lot of edge rushers kinda in this grouping here in the second and third round that um maybe is a little bit more about fitment too, so I could see certain edge rushers being considered a reach here. Um but I think Foxy is someone that has Um, certainly a potential, uh, a high, a high ceiling. Um, and really too, it's just like the edge rusher position. Like the, I feel like the athletes in football these days, of course, like quarterback is a very desired position, but like wide receiver and also like edge rusher these days. Like, I think that if you're a defensive, mind player, that's just a freak athlete. Like they're just like, put you at edge because it's such a game changing position. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, that's ultimately how the draft plays out. But yeah, I do not mind Foxy at that, like not a draft, you know, a huge draft crush for me, but you know, I'll, I w I wouldn't be upset.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Who's your se- second, second round pick.
1: Yeah. So at round two pick 30, um, I know there's some people that have like speculation that, that, that this man might go in the first round. Um, in most of the pre-draft buildup, he was kind of sitting around here at this position. Um, but that is Adatomoa Adeboare, the mm. defensive, well, just defensive lineman, uh, can play defensive end, also defensive tackle, to, to Bears fans pleasure, you know, has the ability to play three technique. Um, and really, I think something that Irof just likes in a defensive lineman is the ability to be versatile, um, and he brings that in. He's pretty, pretty quick. Um, kind of just like plays low. He doesn't look like a huge intimidating physical force, but he's kind of someone that... He looks you, like a bowling ball. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You turn on the tape and it's just all of a sudden, you know, at like a second and a half, he's past offensive lineman. Like you didn't see anything crazy with the hands, but I think that he just has a sheer power, really good first step. Um, and I think that at that, you know, at with the second, second round pick to get someone like him, uh, would be a home run certainly a huge uh s- like step up for the bears defensive line you'd say wherever they want to put him he's likely a day one starter i think he would be slotted into that three technique um and man it, it, if something played out like you where you <laughs> trade down end up getting mozzie smith and imagine you bring in Boware as well yeah. that would be a crazy defensive line <laughs> Yeah, and I think that like
0: to me he has to be like I, I I wouldn't put him at edge. Like I just don't think he necessarily has the he's not bendy enough in my opinion yeah. to play edge. He's not like he he looks like a 3 technique if he added on a little bit more weight, not too much. Um but yeah, he's someone that like you know, Kalija Kansi gets the Aaron Donald like comparison quite a bit, but I would almost say that Atabare is like probably closer in my opinion, because he, I mean, he's just a freak athletically. Like if he plays a defensive tackle position, he's going to be a freak athletically. And he also just has the build to play that position. Um, Some people say he had one of the best combine performances ever. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but like he is like a special player.
1: He's certainly a riser right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think this is his like sweet spot, you know, and I will say that like he is someone that, has been a huge riser since the end of the season, like his in season production definitely didn't set him up to be a second round pick. So like you have to feel comfortable with that. But at this pick, I think that'd be a home run, uh, pick, um, my round two pick 30. We already talked about him Center John Michael Schmitz. Um, I'm again, big Schmitz fan. This might be a little, little bit of a reach. I think it's more realistic at R two pick 22, um, round two pick 22. That is, Uh, but John, John Michael Schmitz, I mean, he's just like, you, you know, you're at the end of the second round and you know, you're getting a starter for your team that could be there for the next, you know, five to 10 years, in my opinion, with John Michael Schmitz. So, um, if he's available, I think you got to go for him. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Uh, Reese, do you want to go into the third round or do you have any comments about that?
1: Yeah, no, let's keep it moving. I think that it's possible that he's there. I think it's probably more than likely that he's off the draft board. But, you know, some of these changes do happen. Some of these players are going to fall and get picked a little bit later, which kind of sets me up for this pick, which is uh, round three, pick one, someone that you had actually already brought up. And, you know, that's why I kind of mentioned it. I think he could be a second round talent. It is at a at this point in a draft, like you said, not top heavy, but I think at this point in the draft is a lot of players that qualify as a second, third round grade. Um, mm. and that was, uh, Felix and a duke Azuma. Um, yeah. so he was available here in my mock draft. Um, he, really, I feel like he gets overlooked a lot, maybe just in like kind of big 12, um, because of, of Tyree Wilson. But I think that, um, at least in the season in college football, he had a huge impact, was huge for Kansas State. Um, love the way that he uses his leverage. Definitely gets low, bendy, mm-hmm. uh, quick around the edge. And at least from what I had seen, finishes incredibly well, too. It doesn't seem like there's many times where he doesn't get back there and brings on the quarterback. Um, if yeah. this is if this pick is available, too, I think that if it works out the way where they get Adebawari. You run to the podium. Yeah, and then you can get uh, Azuma as well. Man, the defensive line is in great shape, and all you had to spend on it was a second and third rounder. So, see,
0: I don't uh, with Azuma. I just, I don't know again what gets overlooked with him. He's someone that you would think would be in like the fringe first round pick conversation, but he just constantly gets overlooked by draft I think analysts. School,
1: and, which is weird because like, yeah, it's sorry to cut you off, but like Tyree Wilson's a Texas no, no. Tech player, so it's not like school prestige really like super like props him up but like kansas state's just kind of a little bit low key sometimes um definitely have a lot of talent but i think that some of it's just like yeah i don't know how many eyes were really which is funny because they beat tcu yeah they won the big 12 championship so and he was a big part of it
0: yeah no he was he's just like to me he's just everything you want out of an edge rusher like he's and he's someone that i think that matt eberflus ryan poles have circled on their board because he fits like what they want to like he's big he's athletic he's flexible he's got like a extremely good motor and also like like a super impressive playing demeanor like he is hyped up on every play and, like, aggressive on every play. Like, he loves football. You can see it in the way that he plays. And, like, to me, he's just, like, if he's there, you got to take him. Like, he's so good. Um, and, like, through this, like, just, like, as a note, I think that a lot of our fans are listening right now. The one thing they might be upset with with both of our first round, like, for of our draft so far is that maybe we under allocated resources to that edge position, which is probably one of the greatest needs on the team. And to that, I'll say like, it just seems like unless there's an edge, like, of course, if you have, if you have Tyree Wilson at your, at the number nine pick, you run to the podium and you turn that card in and you take him. Like he yeah. is a stud and he's like someone that you want. Okay. But it just seems like realistically, a lot of the guys that are going to be available are going to be more B grade guys that could easily bust out like in I just don't know if the value is going to be there with some of them. You know, I wouldn't be upset horribly with like a miles Murphy or anything like that. Like, I think they're going to be good players, but they're, to me, they're just like the difference between like miles Murphy and like Felix, Anudike Ozama is not as big as it should be for where you can draft those players in my yeah. opinion, um, in this draft. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm all on board with that. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. Um, my round three pick one, uh someone that we mentioned previously too, um, someone that or actually I don't even remember if I, we' mentioned him before the show, but someone that I am just so confused with. like the draft grade <laughs> right now just makes no sense to me with the quality of player you're getting and a player that I hate. cornerback Clark Phillips the third. he is just. I hate him so much because I'm a USC fan. He's a Utah player and he is just so damn good. Like he, his ability, like he has such good instincts on the ball and he drives so well. Like him, when he was playing against Jordan Addison, man, it was, it was a battle. Like it was not easy. And Jordan Addison is one of the best wide receivers in this class. And I would almost say like the most NFL, probably the most NFL ready, honestly, like he is just so good. He's fast. You know, he's an impact player in all regards. And Clark Phillips, you know, he, put him to the test now it reminds his fall reminds me a lot because we were both big Jalen Johnson fans in 2019 like his fall reminds me a lot of Jalen Johnson's fall where I'm like why is this dude falling and it's because his measurables aren't great but at the same time it's like dude to be honest I think one of the most overvalued metrics in football is measurables at a corner at the cornerback position to be honest and i know that's like kind of it, it's not always like 100 percent correct like you need the speed to not get burned and stuff like that but like i almost think that like athleticism at the cornerback position doesn't always benefit the player as much as it does in other positions like a spe- yeah. specifically like defensive line right like i think as long as you're athletic enough and you're good enough like you and you have are great technically you can be a damn good corner in this league like some of the best corners in this league are not great athletes okay um and for me clark phillips is a premier talent at the cornerback position and i think could step in and be the best cornerback on this team
1: yeah i I think that would also be a great pick um definitely played well they they do just churn out some solid corners or more than solid corners at utah um and i think johnson being one of them right and I think part of it, too, what you're hitting at is just like the football instinct and also reaction time. I think it's huge for the corner. Um, of course, it changes, too. You know, the Bears are playing mainly in a cover two type or a Tampa two type system. So, where it's zone is definitely part of the coverage scheme. Um, but, you know, also having versatility at the position, the ability to drop to man, um, which sometimes the Bears did a little bit more often than I think I was expecting them to last year um mm, it, yeah. so having that technical and, and, and ability some pretty
0: bad times too yeah <laughs> yeah maybe not always <laughs> for the best but i i, I yeah i think clark
1: Phillips would be a great pick i think that he's someone that you know you take him in the second round i don't hate that pick you know i think that he's definitely more than worthy of that value was he available for you in the th- in, at that top third round pick no no he wasn't I think oh, I wasn't. think he came off in the second round in my draft, which is kind of interesting. Some of the, yeah. a lot of the picks did make sense, um, but some of them were maybe a little bit higher, a couple of little reaches by some teams, and that does happen. So um, sometimes yeah. the players I had available were were really interesting, um, which I am yeah, moving forward because you didn't do any more trades for the rest of the draft, right? You're kind of just no, oh, yeah. nope, yeah. So moving forward and admittedly some of these as we get into the mid rounds to the late rounds you know i'm not going to go in super extensively or spend five minutes on a guy that you know i haven't watched tape inside and out of um but there are some players left over that i do have a lot of familiarity with um but yeah this round four pick one not someone that i would have expected drafting before this mock draft but i think that he would make sense um Maybe not necessarily a huge need for the Bears right now, but with the round four pick one, I went with Roshan Johnson, uh running back out of Texas. So someone that's I love
0: Roshan Johnson.
1: In my opinion, like he's just like straight up a like he kinda has that power that you remember from Montgomery, but he's also faster, has that same great pass Mm -hmm. catching ability. Um but
0: better athlete too.
1: Yeah. He's just kind of, uh, he's not exceptionally big. I mean, he's definitely a powerful running back. Um, but yeah, I mean a lot of good tape on him gets overlooked because of Bijan. Um, so, you know, definitely, I think there, some people do get, um, not carried away is definitely not the right thing, but distracted, uh, watching the Bijan Robinson tape and, you know, Roshan Johnson definitely has talent. I think he'll have an impact on NFL roster, you know, He's not going to be your franchise running back like you think Bijan is going to be. Um, But I was like, I I was really wanting a running back, um, but I didn't want to spend my like round two and three, especially when like Zach Charbonnet, Mm -hmm. which, of course, former Michigan player, ended up transferring to UCLA. Um, I do like his game. It's a little bit. um, He's very much. How did I
0: not know that? I didn't know he played at Michigan.
1: Yeah, he was a Michigan transfer.
0: Damn, I'm Trans-
1: an idiot. <laughs> Transfer to UCLA. Um, and his game, he's not like an exceptional cutter. He just he gets up to acceleration quick, uh, you know, runs the good pad level. But I didn't really want to spend a pick on Zach Charbonnet and decide to wait till the mid rounds and pick up a running back like Roshan.
0: Uh, with my top fourth round pick, and like this would have been seen as like a reach like a couple weeks ago, but now I'm just not even sure. Like people yeah. were projecting this guy to go in like the 5th or 6th round like 2 weeks ago but now they're like projecting him to go in like the 2nd or 3rd round. So it could be a reach, it could be an oversell, but wide receiver Jonathan Mingo. I'm a huge Mingo fan. I think you know, he has he needs to grow. Like that's the thing is like as a player he needs to develop a little bit and I w- I don't want to call him a one-trick pony. I don't think he is, but I think that, like, just the old miss offense operates in a very specific way, right? Like,
1: good old Wayne Kiffin, man.
0: Yeah. Like, it's it's just a different offense. It's not, it's, it's, it is a jump from, uh, to the NFL coming from that offense. Um, so, like, I, he needs to develop, but his upside is like, D- he, he reminds me a lot of like Debo Samuel or like AJ Brown, like I, not Debo in the sense of like, I don't think he's going to get as many carries as Debo got, but like, you know, he's kind of in between, like I would say a Debo Samuel and an AJ Brown where like he Mingo gets a lot more of like the screen passes and he gets like, uh, but he doesn't necessarily get like carries like Debo. Um, but he also like operates kind of similar to AJ Brown, how he operated in the old Miss offense where it's like a lot of like, deep mid crossers um, that he gets the ball on and I just think like you know he might end up being a slot like a big slot receiver in the NFL which you know considering we might lose Darnell Mooney or Chase Claypool like I feel like well we almost certainly will lose one of them next offseason following this like I feel like he would be a really good player to have like you know developing behind them and then I also think he's kind of like a good backup for DJ Moore I think he can like operate in similar ways that dj Moore will operate in uh in this
1: bears offense yeah i i would really like that pick i mean especially at at that position um but yeah mingo is definitely someone that you kind of sold me on um but yeah if you have not had the chance to watch tape you'll definitely enjoy watching it like it's just exciting to watch you know some <laughs> of some of the, some of the yeah. players are you have to take their qualities and you know sometimes they might not be like home run type players where they're not always getting the big plays. But like Mingo has the big, fun, exciting plays to watch. Kind of like how Pickens like they they're watching Pickens tape, you know, or it's just,
0: <laughs> I take him over
1: Jalen Hyatt. I think he's better than Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt's it's all about team, man. Like I don't, I don't have an issue with the right team drafting Jalen Hyatt. Like, it's just the
0: position. I, some people were talking about him going in the first round. Well, I'm looking at I'm like, bro,
1: no, no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, no, not first rounder, but I think that second, third round, sure, go and get your Deshaun Jackson type player and, you know, mm-hmm. move forward. <laughs>
0: I like Cedric Tillman too, by the way. Cedric is overlooked.
1: Might yeah. honestly end Super up having overlooked. a better career than Hyatt. Hyatt? I think he will,
0: for sure. I think Tillman, he is like the definition right now of a one-trick pony, but he's, in my opinion, like... Maybe in that Herbert discussion where it's like, can he not do it? Or is it just like the offense that doesn't ask him to do it? Because that, yeah. yeah, and maybe I should give the same, maybe I should give the same, you know, benefit of the doubt to Hyatt because that Tennessee offense is just wacky. Like it's probably one of the furthest things from an NFL offense. And that's why I wouldn't touch Hendon Hooker in the draft with like a 10 foot Paul. Yeah, it is. It's fun to watch, but like, man, some of these players I'd be kind of, scared to draft like Hendon Hooker I think is like super risky also like considering what he played one year for Tennessee and that was his only successful year um that would you know yeah not make me I, I I would be worried but yeah anyways I'll pass it back to you
1: no all good yeah and and just as a last note like Hyatt got his well really got the chance to break out because of Cedric Tillman getting an injury so just an yeah. interesting note Um, but round four, pick 31, kind of what we had mentioned with like Clark Phillips. I I decided to go cornerback here. Not someone that's like a crazy, insane athlete. Um, but one thing I really liked while watching tape on him was just the way that that's
0: it. Oh, after you describe it, I want to guess what player you're talking about.
1: I'm down for that. Um, do you want any hints? I mean, it's the same conference. Oh, okay. Um, but, is um, it
0: uh l- l- let me just guess now is it Trevius Hodges Tomlinson?
1: It is not actually.
0: Oh it's Kiai okay.
1: uh, Blue Kelly from Stanford. Oh oh I I just like the way he plays the ball honestly. I don't know much about him to be honest. It, I mean he was not someone that I had like really um, like prior to doing the mock not someone that I had a lot of background on but if you go ahead and just pull up his highlights like he's not he's got a few picks on there it's nothing too crazy but all he's ever doing is just always getting to the ball at the perfect time you know like he's just someone that he's not mm-hmm. gonna get a lot of pi penalties and he's gonna get like he's going to set records for like PBUs, (laughs) you know, like kind of a little bit Jalen Johnson type, you know, like doesn't always get all the interceptions, um, but has great coverage and breaks on the ball. Like just has great instincts on the ball. Um, And that really shown through. And I think that when you have the opportunity to get someone like that at at late in the fourth round, decide to jump on it and at this point kind of getting players do some fine tuning, you know, of course you always want to draft best player available. Um, I think that corner is not like a huge jumping immediate need for the bears. Um, but you know, the ability to upgrade, uh, get players a position. I think that he's someone that could actually play nickel as well. So I think he's got versatility in that. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all the more reason to pick him.
0: Yeah. uh, To be honest, I don't know a whole ton about him. Um, but it, we need more corners, like we just like, and it's not even necessarily like we have two good corners. I think in Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson, but we just need more volume too. Like we need some like, I can't remember the last time where like, and this is something that we've talked about before. But the Bears are like drafting in the late rounds to like add depth to their team. Like we're always drafting the late rounds to add starters. <laughs> For, yeah, like, that's kind of the whole Ryan Pace experience. Like experience yeah. is that the late round draft picks are also going to be starters. Um, So it's going to be nice if, and I'm interested to see how Ryan Poles plays it this year. If he does the whole like trade down situation where he just accumulates a ton of picks and just like throws a bunch of darts at the board and see what sticks. Um, But yeah, I I would be happy with adding more corners. Um, My uh, second fourth round pick, a player that like I originally thought going into the season would have like a much higher... Um, and I think a lot of people did, like he was mocked in the first round a lot, um, going into like mid college football season, but then like just his inconsistencies kind of started to show through and he's not as developed as people like, but like superior athlete at the position, uh, Jalen Duncan out of, uh, uh, Maryland offensive tackle. And I just think like Sure, our tackle positions are like pretty good, but we need like a good swing tackle, good developmental tackle. Um, And I think that I think he could start be available at this point. Um, Specifically, what I'll say is like there's a lot of tackles and offensive linemen that are good athletes that tend to fall. Like one player that's uh, that is actually on the Bears now, Kellen Deich, that fell last year. He was projected to go in like the second round, but ended up falling undrafted um i think that might be a similar situation with jalen duncan I, he's definitely not a first or second round pick i could see it earliest in the third but like latest in the fifth um and he to me is just a superior athlete and i think for this bears team you'll see a lot i'm almost certain will. we will almost always draft we will almost always draft tackles and convert them to guards it would surprise me if we draft a lot of guards out of college football to be honest
1: I Okay, what you're coming from with that. Yeah. I,
0: yeah, so like worst case scenario, he might be a super athletic guard.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, you get someone of that caliber at that point in the draft, it, just, it makes more more than enough sense. Um yeah, moving on to the the 5th round. Um my oh, round 5 pick 1 um is Emil Akior Jr., a guard from Alabama. Mm. Um, so mm, not someone that like, I'm completely like over the moon with, I, I do think that makes sense though, just cause obviously at Alabama, the, the offense does change, especially with the uh, offensive coordinators always getting hired. So it's not like Nick Saban always has like one prototypical Alabama offense, but they're always going to be running the football. Um, someone was definitely, um, definitely held his own in run blocking. I think also match that in pass protection. Although sometimes it wasn't perfect, which of course is why he'd be a, a later draft pick here. Um, I, he does get beat sometimes quick. His hand work isn't isn't completely refined, um, but I do think that kind of in you know relation to your last pick and your reasoning, I think adding depth at the offensive line. I think adding depth at, at guard, and this is. You know, hopefully yeah, Skronsky would work out into a playing tackle. Um, but really, you can just get more depth along the whole offensive line for the Bears and, and upgrade the depth that you already have. Um, and I think that you'd slot in there, at least be competing uh, with some of the players, especially like some of the Bears' depth offensive linemen they drafted last year got beat up uh, in camp and either ended up on the practice squad or didn't really see much field time. So I think that there's going to be some offensive linemen that are drafted that are competing you know, with some of last year's later round picks as well. Um, So I think that's going to be something interesting to watch during training camp when we get to that point.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge Emil Echiori fan. I think that, like, he's one of those players that I've seen, like, again, like, two weeks ago, he'd be a fifth round, like, a sixth round pick, fifth round pick. Now I've seen people mock him as high as, like, the second round. And, like, you just never know with some of these guys. And, like, I think that, like, realistically, he's, like, fourth round pick maybe he gets to that fifth round but like he's a he's a i'm a big fan of his and i think a lot of people comp him actually to nate davis so you know he's going to be a good scheme fit um my fifth round pick running back roshan johnson as well oh baby (laughs) Um, i reached (laughs) so we did we definitely had a few... Yeah, you reached, whereas I'm more of a value guy. Uh, yeah, I'm finding these guys in the fifth that you're finding in the fourth. Really. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, just on a different level. That's why everyone's going to love my Jalen Carter in the seventh round pick. <laughs> uh, pick. <laughs> um, no. You got him at Mr. Roshon <laughs> <laughs> Roshan is, like, again, one of those players where I'm just not entirely sure where he will go. Because... I could see him as high as, like, the third, but I could also see him slip into the fifth, you know?
1: Yeah, I um, could definitely see it. So There's a lot of good running backs in this draft, too, man. And this, it's just, like, a lot of teams, the running back need is just so weird that there's so many good running backs that, like, might not even get drafted this year. It's kind of nuts.
0: It's also, like, a scheme fit thing. Like, you just never know what they're going to prioritize on that position. And there's definitely teams where like Roshan, I don't think a team will see Roshan and be like, he'll be our main back. So that's why I think he might get pushed down. Like, I think they'll view him as like a like a change of pace guy or like, a, um, like he needs to be in a running back room necessarily, like maybe not the feature back. But like, I think like he's a really good fit. And I think having him learn behind also former Texas running back Donta Foreman um, would be super good for him and i think he could be kind of that long-term answer and i think he fits the scheme a lot better than montgomery did he reminds me like this this might be a a stretch but like stay with it like he gives me a little bit like austin eckler vibes even though they're like different players yeah no i agree i he's gonna be like a weight room warrior roshan johnson like the way
1: that they the way that they use their physical like traits is similar you know, yeah, they play. With Even the though
0: same. Roshan, I think, is bigger and and Austin's faster.
1: Yeah, um, but at least top end speed, I, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, moving forward, of course, Roshan Johnson. I agree with that pick. I would have picked him higher. <laughs> so obviously, I can stand behind <laughs> that. Um, moving on to the second fifth round pick, the round five pick thirteen. Something that I was a little surprised to see here, and let me just preface this, Austin. How would you feel that take a safety? <laughs> I, I this is, safety has to be like one. I, I mean
0: I think that we need a safety, but I feel like the safety class is like one of the worst we've seen in a couple years.
1: I got you. Well, I took Jair Brown. It's <laughs> took Jair Brown. Oh, he
0: would be a home run. Yeah, from,
1: from Penn State. Um, honestly, like I'm not gonna say that he's not like a completely similar player to Brisker. But it's just really interesting the way that Penn State uses their safeties because he's someone that can be lined up in the box frequently, um, blitzing off the edge. He's kind of just a real versatile player. And I think that, you know, obviously he'd be a backup player. Um, I would not project him to, to give any trouble or, you know, be a threat. But obviously you probably get him involved on special teams and as a depth piece as um, at safety, someone that could probably fill in and play similar to if Brisker were to go down. Um, so, Ultimately, I think that would be a great pick. Rose Bowl MVP, too, if you're about inv- individual accolades. So there you go.
0: Yeah, and, and like this is realistically the conversation we need to be having with Bears fans. What you're supposed to do in the fifth round is get a guy that you can put at depth and hope he develops, not actually start that player immediately. I know this is a foreign concept to Bears fans, <laughs> but yeah, that's typically what you do with a fifth round pick um i agree with that i'm actually going depth to on uh, my uh mid fifth round pick uh linebacker dorian williams to me he was just like the Ooh. best player on the board he, yeah uh, are you familiar with William dorian williams
1: yeah a little bit i can't say i've like poured just, through the tape but
0: he's just like a, he's an athletic freak like he he would be a really good backup for tremaine edmonds and like maybe like i mean if you put him at the position that jack sanborn is going to be playing like as far as an athlete, he'd be like freaking ridiculous at that po- position. I don't know. He needs to develop though. That's kind of like, he's yeah. not, I, I think, but I think that he could compete with Sanborn to be honest for that position. Even I, though, yeah, I'm like,
1: not, it's... I'm not afraid of putting someone to compete with him. I think throwing him out here and calling him the starter is very presumptuous.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what good teams do. I mean, they bring in competition from young players, you know, um that's why I like when people are like, oh like they're upset when we brought in Tremaine admins and TJ Edwards because oh, where's Jack Sanborn gonna play? Doesn't, <laughs> you got the, it, you it have the wrong really
1: you have the wrong things in mind <laughs> Amid, yeah. like it's like think yeah. about what you're like arguing like <laughs> where's <Sam laughs> are yeah. gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm happy we
0: got it like a pro bowl linebacker but where is our undrafted free agent from a year ago gonna play <laughs> like he's better than an undrafted free right. agent don't get me wrong i'm pro sanborn but come on man just come on yeah um, all right seventh round who, who you picking at the top of the seventh
1: round round seven pick one for myself. Cause I hadn't picked one already I had to throw myself a Michigan guy in there. And you know what, Austin, you know, I love myself a good possession receiver. You know, I love it. I knew it. Ronnie bell, baby. I <laughs> Give <laughs> That's me Ronnie such a bell. great pick. Honestly, dude, he, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't have a successful NFL career, just polished yeah. route runner. Um, not insane athletic traits, but works the middle. He can work any point in the field for you work the boundary. He can work the middle of the field. Um, I think definitely would just be a great slot guy. Um, And with the Bears, I I think he's a great complimentary piece to the rest of the receiver room, too. You know, not getting so much Mm -hmm. like for like. He's different to what the Bears have. Um, I think, yeah, he'd be... At round seven, I think is great value. I think he could go as high as round five. I think that five or six... I think five to sevens, ultimately, he's going to land somewhere in there. Um, So definitely possible he could be around.
0: Yeah, and you know the old football trope you want to build your wide receiver room like a basketball team you know you want to have your big guys you want to have your 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 point guards right did you get that out of man you know that i i that's been like everywhere that's literally it's uh there's there's so many uh there's so many good football tropes that's and one of my favorite things about the nfl it's He's a student
1: of the game. Right. (laughs) And I know we're moving through these last few picks. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but how pissed off would most Bears fans be that I dress wide receiver in the seventh round? There's a lot of people would be fucking, well, man, we're going to get explicit podcast. That slipped. Um, a lot of people would think that, uh, cover your
0: baby's ears. (laughs) You know, you play it while you while you're rocking him to bed.
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people would be upset about that, but I digress. I think the issue
0: actually is that most Bears fans have the intelligence of a 12th grader or a, sorry, a
1: t- Austin, a you 7th cannot grader. insult our listening oh, okay. base, man. <laughs>
0: so we need to make sure that we keep it really no, one, slow no one's going to listen to this podcast anymore, bro. <laughs> If you're if they're listening at this point, they're they're not the ones we're they're talking right or about. Nice. That's okay. true. That's this true. is this is an hour and twenty five minutes in, um, but yes, yeah, I, I I think a lot of Bears fans would be upset, but like, you know, I I want depth you at our wide receiver gets. room, but yeah, I mean, the value of some of these wide receivers just won't be there, and there is a fall off at a certain point in the draft. Um, my top seventh round pick another one of my favorite players i'd be surprised if he went this fall actually i can't say he's my favorite because he's like a seventh round pick but like one of my like late round gems cornerback Keitrell clark from louisville i I love the way he plays i think he is gonna end up being a slot receiver in the nfl um but he's just slot uh, corner damn good player yeah sorry a slot corner he's just a damn good player though
1: yeah not and hey man we always like our our mid to late round dbs that's usually where we excel in our picks um well <laughs> Nasser adelee just hung it up but he we were big on him uh oh, back yeah. in the day and then also uh woolen we'll never live that down both yep. uh austin and myself uh, may have mocked. that was in him. our
0: he was in your mock draft yeah last year
1: so Moving on.
0: Could you imagine if we had him with Jalen Johnson and uh, and Kyler Gordon?
1: Our secondary would be like top two.
0: <laughs> so, in let's actually think about this, and I, I don't like thinking about things like this because you just never know. But let's just instead we say we drafted George Pickens at Kyler Gordon's pick, and drafted Tariq Woolen where we got Vellis Jones. They were both available.
1: Oh man, well. You I know, can't win them all. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <You> can't. <laughs> can't win them all. But guess what? For all you people that are concerned about picking wide receivers so late, I'm going to do it two times. We're going to go double up <laughs> on the wide receivers in the seventh round, taking the last pick. Can you believe it? I'm taking a player out of Liberty. I'm going with Demario Douglas. You know, oh, for, I love Demario Douglas. For players that are really fans of those Tariq uh, Cohen vibes, He'll be a real big fan of Demario Douglas. I feel like he's just kind of a quick guy. love watching him operate in space. You know, you got to give him the ball in space. Like, just real sleeper, like, uh, Tyreek Hill vibes. Not that he, he doesn't have Tyreek. Exactly, no, he's, exactly. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill, like, top-end speed. I think he ran, like, a four 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 forty, which is nothing too shabby, Um, but not, like, you know, 4-2 speed. But, man, uh, I think that. That, that, that is the pick to go ahead and just take a flyer on someone that could just be a, a sneaky weapon. And, you know, maybe he takes Vales Jones' spot.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love that pick. He gives me total... He, he plays can return like the ball, Hill. too, I think. And I think he's returning. He plays a lot bigger than he is. Like, he plays like he... When we talk about players that play smaller, like, he... The one thing that's really good about Tyreek Hill is, like, he has such good body control that he's able to like, when a ball is underthrown, like pull back, jump up and, and get a contested catch. Like we talk about all the time, guys that play bigger and smaller, like um, Quentin Johnston, I think plays a lot smaller than he actually is. Um, but like best body catcher. The Mario in the world, Douglas. Yeah, I know. It's the most frustrating. I don't know when there was a shift. Cause it seemed like even four years ago, everyone in in college football could go and high point a ball it, but like even big guys now can't do it it's like i, I don't know if it's just like <laughs> the coaching in college football now or what but it's like yeah. it's so rare to actually see players that can go high point the ball i don't think there's a single guy in this class that is like really exceptional at it do you know of one
1: a.t perry maybe
0: yeah he yeah he is good at it a.t perry a. T. is good at it a.t oh. perry
1: is good at it um but Mingo's yeah he
0: not bad at it he can no. get up there but
1: quentin Johnston's interesting because you'll watch this man jump and catch the ball at his hips <laughs> you like know? chase
0: claypool honestly I, that, that's what that's a great comp it's a great comp yeah. for
1: quentin johnston honestly Is chase claypool
0: yeah yeah and i think he i would I think he'll go end of the first round, but it wouldn't surprise me if he fell out of the first round, which is crazy because it seemed like at the end of the he's one of those things where it's just so After what he did to Michigan, it so... seemed like he'd be a top ten pit. <laughs> and he was just so good for TCU. Like yeah. that's the one thing is like the film is a different story than actually watching him play. Like he was flat out dominant. I mean, he went to sleep at times, like the Georgia game. He didn't, you know, have a great game, like obviously championship, but like he like he would there are games where he looked like he was by far the best receiver in college football period and then there'd be games where I also think he's faster than his 40 like he plays a lot faster than his 40. Um, definitely. It surprised me he was like a 4-5 I thought he would be in the four fours for sure Um, but I just I think his best case scenario is to land in like a Shanahan scheme because like just scheming him open I could see him having a ton of success but i don't know he's a frustrating player i think kind of similar to claypool in certain ways um but yeah my last pick i kind of want to change it because i I really considered saying Demario davis as well at this last pick and he like i'm a huge fan of him um but i'm going defensive tackle cameron young from mississippi state he's just a player that i think is overlooked severely right now um I just think he's going to be a serviceable defensive tackle somewhere. And I think that like getting that in the seventh round, even if he's a backup, like I, you know, maybe he's our new Kairos Tonga or something like that. There and that would go. be like huge. And
1: that'd know? be a win. That's definitely a win.
0: Yeah. For a seventh round pick. That's a huge win. Let's let me break it back. Do you, um, do you remember when we were all hyped about Kevin Tolliver, Kelvin, Kevin Tolliver? was it? a little bit.
1: Tol- yeah i yeah. do recall a like, little bit
0: like i'm not saying we as in our podcast but bears fans in general that was an interesting time
1: there's a lot of interesting times when I mean, we get hyped about a lot of kind of just like mid players that have like two good games jesper horstead was one of those the yeah.
0: wrecking Knoll. that's got to be the most Ryan egregious Null, baby. That i've seen yeah that's the most
1: egregious that i've People, seen. People. Corey Wooten is a Bears legend for ending Brett Favre's career. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most petty thing. The Bears fans are like, yeah, you know, Corey, he'd be allowed to eat dinner in my house. Like, i invite him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's, um, was it Lamar Houston who tore his ACL on the Celebrate? sack celebration against New England? Oh, man.
1: Legend. Yeah. And he was imitating the other player that, injured himself doing a similar celebration as a Titans player. Are you
0: serious? Yeah. I didn't know that. (laughs) That's
1: freaking hilarious. And he did the same thing.
0: I will always respect uh, uh, actually current free agent Leonard Floyd for like suplexing Danny Amendola in his first game against... uh, (laughs) Or no, no, it wasn't his first game, but against the Dolphins. Do you remember that? Yeah. In like 2018 where he like picked him up and threw him on his head.
1: (laughs) That was kind of... We can wrap up the pot after this, but I got one player. Since we're just throwing out names, you want sure. a real a real throwback here, man? Sure. Shea McClellan.
0: <laughs> oh my god! God, I wish we could be talking about like good players, right? Like I wish we had so many good <laughs> players that we were just like throwing out like actual good players' names, you know? Like the like for instance, like the Chiefs. They can go back and they can talk about uh, like all these half decent wide receivers who was the wide receiver for the chiefs that i think he got cut in 2018 or 2017 and ended up signing with the ravens for a couple of years he was actually a damn good wide receiver
1: you know what like a, i know exactly who you're talking about people were always like this man's so underrated dang yeah bro, who are you talking about
0: retired <sighs>
1: And you know what? I, I can't even get up on a quick Google search because it's been like time moves by so quick. But I let's know exactly who.
0: Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs leading wide receiver Chicago. by year because he led them for a couple of years.
1: Probably for multiple consecutive years, honestly.
0: Okay, here we go. You got it. Um, It's... Hold on, let's see. Okay, this is, like, all-time leading receivers. Don't think he's on this list.
1: No, he probably is, honestly. Uh,
0: really? All right, yeah. let's see. Top 10. Mm. We need to find this out because this is, like...
1: Okay. Oh, I got it. He I got can't... it. Who is it? Dwayne Bow. That's not who I'm thinking of. Who the hell are you thinking of, then? I'm thinking of... Uh... Kansas City. Are you thinking of the person that came from Philadelphia?
0: I think so. The, Jeremy the, the, Macklin. That's who. Macklin.
1: I'm yeah. Of. Mizzou went to Mizzou.
0: See, this is this is my point though. Is that we could list? I'd say good <laughs> Kansas City receiver. And you name a bunch of you name a completely different guy that I'm thinking of. That is like, I mean, Macklin's not that obscure, but like,
1: nah. still but we're like, like Elshon Jeffrey, past. Brandon Marshall marty booker (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) taylor gabriel (laughs) oh man well uh josh bellamy he's the real goat
1: (laughs) bezo bezo got that bread
0: yeah he does all right man and he also went to like federal prison i think i don't know if he's actually serving time for that or not but i have not seen him on instagram lately so (laughs) he might be for the ppe fraud um all right just all right well just despicable (laughs) yeah ppp all right ppp all right man but let's go ahead and kill it thank you guys if you're still listening we really appreciate it and uh bear down guys
1: bear down